Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. What have you done with the email? Well, I tried to adjust the mouse, but the mouse is not functioning or wasn't functioning. Now it seems to be. I think you put a curse on it. You had a curse curse on the mouse. When I try to operate the equipment, it's cursed. I curse you, mouse. (laughs) I curse you. Uh, A pox upon you. Oh, my gosh. What kind Uh, of a pox would you like? um, (laughs) Oh, you deleted that email again. Well, we read it yesterday. Well, now we have the answer. I gave you the answer yesterday. Not on the air. Yes, I did. Mm -mm. I said it was part of their safety program. Well, that doesn't say anything. (laughs) Come on now. That's what they're saying at PennDOT. The rally, we had a question about the signs flying. Uh, it looks like a grand opening sign or, you know, a shop here sign, but it says rally point number one, rally point number two, mm-hmm. and it's part of the safety program for the contractor. Where? I guess they're required to do it in the Susquehanna Valley Thruway Project. Oh, really? Yes, really. Well, why don't you tell our audience why we're answering this question? Because Rob asked us, uh, he lives in Monroe Township, he traveled on local roads where construction for the new road is. He say, sees flags that say emergency rally. Point. What do those signs mean? And one of our PennDOT construction managers says the contractor is using those signs as part of their safety program due to the length of the project. They have designated certain access locations as rally points. Soon we will be meeting with emergency response providers and we'll go over the locations with them. So maybe what would happen? They would rally there and then go to X location right, along the highway. Right. If there was well, and I think also to check and make sure everybody's safe. You know, that's a place where they can all gather. So we could say, well, we had 35 workers here this morning. They're only 28 now. We got a problem. <laughs> Something happened. <laughs> the rest right. of them got on the ultralight that landed on the highway and <laughs> took them away. So, All right. Well, welcome on board, everybody. It's the WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Uh, that answers from PennDOT. One of our good listeners said uh, this is Women's History Month now. Uh, we've stepped out of Black History Month, and we join into Women's History Month. So one of our good listeners gave us some good uh, questions there. She had asked us about a suffragette on Monday. What was the name of the lady that was... Uh, oh, I forget. Um, when are we having White Guys History Month? Uh, every day is <laughs> White Guys History Month, <laughs> okay. as near as I can tell. Well, oh, it's, yeah, nice, Monday it's was nice to recognize the history of these groups. Monday, women certainly have contributed a great deal to our country, as have black people. <laughs> Yeah, half the country's women, and there'd be no men if it weren't for women. Uh, by Pennsylvania. Now, there's an interesting statement. There'd be no men if there weren't for if it weren't for women. There'd be none of us if it weren't for women. Duh. Okay. <laughs> so, by Pennsylvania law, all public schools on Monday celebrated Francis Willard Day. Oh, I guess that would be Tuesday. Francis Willard Day each year. Did you ever hear of her? I had only because she's a suffragette, but I didn't realize she had such an extensive uh, career. Uh, one of our listeners said, 
says Francis Willard Day, September 28th, or the school day nearest such day in each year, shall be designated as Francis Willard Day in each school district, and each part of the school day shall be set apart for instruction in the life and the principles advocated by Francis Willard. So she was, uh, I guess, a Pennsylvanian who did exceedingly well in terms of education and uh, in the suffrage movement. Oh, and the women's temperance movement. So every also. class in every grade has to discuss Francis Willard on the 28th of February? That's what our <laughs> okay. those rules say. So you got to get that going. Well, they have lots of rules, don't they? Mm-hmm. If they just taught history and taught it completely and taught it thoroughly, we would hear what Francis Willard did. We'd hear about Elizabeth Cady Stanton. We'd hear about Sojourner Truth. We'd hear about a lot of people. Well, yeah, but if uh, you have to... Uh, Governor DeSantis says he wants to make sure that they're getting the the white version of the history. No, he doesn't. He's just saying he oh, wants he it to get do. the complete version of our history, which is all oh, any okay. of us should want. I got you. The contributions, well, let's take, for example, you remember years ago there were Polish jokes going around? Oh, yeah, decades and they were, ago. They were, yeah, they were terrible jokes. I mean, some, well, some of them were funny, but some of them were pretty terrible. But look at Nikola Tesla. You know, how many people who know his name today? And really, he contributed. Uh, he almost put Thomas Edison out of business. Well, he actually he did drive Thomas Edison out of the direct current business. Okay. And that has to do with uh, Ron DeSantis outlawing black history. No, it's, how? It's, I'm just saying that there's so much. Uh, that's why I find history so fascinating. The fact that all these people contributed to how we got here. Learning their stories is important. Uh, at least I think it is. I read biographies. Okay. I read history books. I love to know about this stuff. So he says we have to limit history in front of kids. No, he isn't saying that. He's saying that what we teach is age-appropriate and that what we teach it is com- complete and not just one theory, the 1619 theory or the, this theory or that theory, that we teach history. This is what it is. These are the facts. Remember Dragnet? These are the just the facts, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Just the facts. Teach the facts about right. history. The whitewashed Unvarnished, facts. Not whitewashed. The facts. All facts. Oh, I got you. Okay. I guess he's he, you're being very generous with your explanation of his initiatives. All right. So we can talk about that. You're being very restrictive of your definition of his uh, Well, that could be. Yeah, I look at th- things through sort of common sense liberal eyes. So it's, it's a No, there's it's, a, there's a, a there, is, there is a real... <laughs> it's a narrow view. Let's just leave it at that. All common right. sense liberal Lies right there. there you go. That doesn't. That's an oxymoron, isn't it? <laughs> you're a moron. <laughs> there you see. People said how nice we are to each other, and you just called me a moron, you idiot. <laughs> you open the door so wide. How could I not? How could I not? All right. Well, remind me not to open that door again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, welcome on board, everybody. It's the WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. I don't think anybody's ever called you a moron on the show, but they have me. So. Oh, you just call me one. Well, yeah, but <laughs> just because, just because. I get get it. You're warm. You're fan. That sound you hear is Mark fanning himself with a piece of paper. With the sponsor sheet, which says, <laughs> and I'll read this from top to bottom. On the mark is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. You may call our telephone number five seven zero seven four three nine five six five. That's five seven zero seven four three WKOK. You can email us at on the mark at wkok.com or text us at 70236, include the keyword OTM. I'm Statler, he's Waldorf, and we're the hosts of On the Mark. Eric, thanks for calling in. First caller of the day for a change. Good to have you back in this early slot. You're on the mark. Just asking, just asking. <laughs> well, you brought it up, Eric. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, well I, and every time you guys go into 
I remind everyone that those used to be clinical terms for levels of intelligence, and no, and then they true. became, yeah, yeah. So talk about history and changing and everything. But that's not why I call, really, gentlemen. I uh, just came through um, uh, two hundred four onto Mill Road, and they're putting a traffic light up there. Did you guys realize that? Yes, Eric. We've talked about it on this program a number of times. PennDOT has had that in the plans for some period of time. Yeah, we also well, talked is, about it when the construction out, was underway. Right. On the floor. Yeah, it is now coming to fruition. They're actually hanging the lights, right. so to speak, this morning. Yeah, it's much needed. That's an excellent intersection to put a light at. Excellent, and I, I totally agree. Um, the question I have for you, Joe, because you, I think you're more familiar with the throughway project than I am, or perhaps most of our listeners are. As I come through that construction site there um, off Airport Road, is is that going to be an elevated highway coming off the existing bypass? Is that going to be elevated coming across there? There's going to be a bridge in the area, and there's going to be two roundabouts in the area. Okay, so there'll there'll be like exits coming into roundabouts then coming off the throughway. We're still in the final design phases. I mean, I, I hate to say this is locked in you know uh, granite because things can change, but there are a total of I think nine bridges going to be built in addition to the bridge that's already been built, and some of the intersections, many of them will have overpasses and some will have underpasses. So. Okay, so coming off where the bypass ends now, is, is that not going to necessarily just be an elevated highway coming across the whole thing then? No. No, no. no it'll come down to pretty okay. close to ground okay. level. Because obviously there's a lot of intersections there which could, are you know going to have to be taken into consideration for. And when you have a four-lane divided highway going you know, 60, 55, 60 miles an hour, obviously you can't have just you know, regular intersections. There's not going to be an intersection there at all. The intersection will be where it is right now at Sealands Grove, coming up on 11, Route 11 and 15, which will then become Business Route 15, business route 15 and Route 11. And then the next exit will be the Route 61 connector. Okay, and I see now they're putting also an on-ramp, apparently coming the opposite way onto the bridge there by Orchard Hills. And is that going to be the on-ramp for 11, then coming south? Well, there's there's a whole lot going on in Shimokan Dam. There's going to be, a, a you know, the 61 connector is going to feed into the bridge as it exists now. And there's going to be a new intersection between that uh, bridge and Bob Evans that will allow traffic to come off the bypass and turn to the right or the left getting off there. And coming up right now, coming from Sunbury, you will get off at the Baldwin Boulevard exit, and you will be allowed to turn left there. Right now you can't. It's it's against the law to turn left there, but when, once the project's done, left turns will be permitted. And I'm happy now. You are. Good. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's March 1st, is construction season, and uh, I'm just going to give a little... Uh, little kudos to the Biden administration because a lot of this funding, I think, is, is come from the Rebuild America. And, uh, in fact, there's a nice big blue sign right there at the end of the bypass right now. This is, you know, so um, some good things. I mean, we always knock the Biden administration. I don't think it's the best administration necessarily, but some good things have been coming out of it. We always dwell on the bad, but they're, you know, uh, we're going to definitely get some improvements around here. Well, Senator Casey fought to get an additional, I think it was 68 or $69 million dollars for the bypass project, which means the PennDOT will have 68 or $69 million available to spend on other projects. So, Senator Casey did a good job for us. Ooh, and Joe, you're complimenting a 
Democrats. Wow. <laughs> He's complimenting us. <laughs> it uh, is, US it is a new day, isn't it, gentlemen? No, I've, I've said all along, Bob Casey's been a tremendous yeah. help in the bypass. Everything we ever ask him for, he's done for us. So I have no problem That's with Bob Casey. That's great to hear. And then I'm going to just comment last, the uh, the benefits uh, being reduced today for SNAP and so forth. Um, of course, I'm an advocate for, for the, the, the folks who don't have made resources to other people, but I think it's time. If those were put in specifically due to the pandemic and we're emerging from the pandemic, at some point we have to, to get back to a sense of normalcy, so to speak. Um, and um, it, it, for people who have not been working, uh, they need to get back to work. And every place I see, there's, you know, for hire signs out. Uh, so um, uh, it, 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 a transitionary time is never never easy, but it, it's time for us to, to get back to some normalcy, uh, which doesn't mean, of course, eliminating all the benefits, but getting back to the prior-to-pandemic benefits, I think, is something we need to do uh, as we go forward and encourage those who are able to work. And I, I understand that many can't. There are many, you know, single moms with babies and their kids at home. But there are many, I think, who have been, you know, sitting on the sidelines, and it's time for them, especially uh, some of our re- uh, those who graduated from high school uh, or college during the pandemic, and because of had to retreat to to less than optimum living conditions, to now emerge from them and get on their feet and and get back to work. And likewise uh, with the college loans, um, I don't think we should have total loan forgiveness. I mean, I had you know, college debt, which I pay back, you know, for my starting jobs and so forth. But what I would like to see, though, is some initiatives in place to where we could be assisting those with college loans. For instance, we have a tremendous teacher shortage we're talking about. We should have initiatives for those who are willing to go into teaching into uh, underserved districts, urban and, and rural districts, so to speak, that to have some of their, their uh, loans forgiven for doing what essentially is public service in public schools. Now, there you're but, saying something I can agree with. I think that would be an excellent idea. But there already are all kinds of those that exist already. So that's one of the, you know, the very different levels of where, you know, that the, uh, we talked about this earlier, that the government lost track of who's who. Folks were paying in with these incentivized programs and the government didn't keep track of it and the people knew that they were supposed to stop paying. Other people are still paying. But there are already all kinds of incentives for educators and community service people and human service folks. So this is sort of the broad swath $20,000 in loan forgiveness but it doesn't look like it's going to get through anyway. Nor should it. All right, thank you so much, Eric. Thanks, Eric. Thank oh, you, gentlemen. Have uh, a good one. Yeah, one other note, Eric, while you're listening. Um, you go to csvt.com. They have all the maps there, all right. the presentations they've done, all the PDFs, all the information there. you got a great map of the proposed southern section that they're now digging, so you can see how they want to tie in down at Airport Road and at the Route 61 um, bridge into Sunbury, the Veterans Memorial Bridge, and how they're going to you know, go over Hill and Overdale and, and go past that uh, new newly signaled intersection at, with the site of the former Camelback bridge. Right. Very interesting. I find it fascinating just to look at the maps of what they're going to do. And uh, who's the fellow that flies over with his ultralight and gives you great pictures? Oh, I forget his name. Okay, well, uh, he's got good stuff, so. Dave Geis's, late Dave Geis's uh, son or son-in-law, <laughs> I think. Well, no, his last name's not Geis that no, I recall. Okay. Well, but in, in any event, it does matter. Uh, he's That's on Facebook and lots of just folks. Look for a CSVT flyover on um, YouTube. Facebook. Yeah. YouTube, I think you'll 
you'll find it more likely on YouTube. Okay, both. Okay, and one of our emailers says, Joe, you are right. We need history back in a complete class. Now many schools, especially in elementary, only teach history every other quarter. They switch it with science, another subject that should be taught as a full class every quarter. We should get back to a complete and thorough education of the core subjects. Couldn't agree more. Well, they took out cursive writing, so there's a tiny bit of space there for something. How are you going to sign your name in the future? I don't know. Um, <laughs> An X? We're going to go back to X? <laughs> believe it or don't, I saw this. I was looking through somebody's website, and they have classes and how to revise your signature. A lot of people who don't learn cursive now just write their name, and this will teach you enough, enough cursive to do your signature. <laughs> okay? And this is a separate class, not uh, you know part of... Uh, a school curriculum or anything. And so we'll go back to, instead of it saying signature line, it'll say, make your mark here. <laughs> X. <laughs> All right. Welcome on board. I know I, uh, my lovely bride and I got a mortgage years ago, and I had never signed my name so many times in my life. So if right. you didn't have a good signature, you'd have to work on it. But we got her done. Well, I like today, many of the places that you go that require a signature give you these uh, digital things to sign, and you can't see yourself writing it, number one, and number two, the thing, uh, sometimes you have to do it with your finger, and yeah. it never looks anything like and your why signature. Why are we even bothering? It, it just comes looking out like a little scribble, as <laughs> though that counts for anything. You know, it doesn't look like your signature. You can never match it up with your driver's license signature. <laughs> well, we're going back to make your mark. My mark is going to be a circle with a dot inside of it, and a long line through the whole thing. It's a brand. <laughs> right. It's not a mark. <laughs> All right. Welcome on board, everybody. On the Mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. It's a family-owned dealership since 1915. 4th Street, Sunbury, Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf. Uh, we've been talking about EVs uh, lately, and so it's such a lucky day for you that two of the EVs that are now top-rated in JT, JP Powers, or JD Powers latest survey of electric vehicles, the top two are among the top Top 10, anyway, are the Mustang Mach-E and the Kia Nero EV. We had just talked about the Kia Nero EV. Joe made a joke about it fiddling, so that was, what, last week? While Rome burned. It's rated yeah, Rome, New York, while it burned. <laughs> Everybody ran away in their Nero EV. Uh, but anyway, uh, it is a fantastic vehicle. It's listed as 112 miles per gallon, but it doesn't use, actually, any gallon. Price below $50,000 for a great EV. 239-mile range in the summer, but they now say it's only about 200 miles in the winter because the batteries aren't as uh, capable when it is uh, cold. So, unless you keep it in the garage, but uh, in any event, it does well, have you a... you can't go very far in your garage. Eventually, you have to take it out in the cold, right? <laughs> Thank you. Yes, and the battery will cool I'm down. I'm trying to help you out here. <laughs> I don't think that's working out. All right, so that's a 64-kilowatt-hour battery that takes about 10 hours to charge if you're using 240, but it does take the DC connection. If you're interested in getting a three-phase DC connection at your home, you'd need an electrician for that, Joe. Don't try that at home. Um, and if <laughs> no, you can I don't think I come would. in here and all your hair is singed, <laughs> well, never mind. I don't have it. <laughs> but if you did, it would be singed off. So uh, it is the Kia Nero EV. I'll talk about the Mustang Mach One or Mach E a little bit later on. I'm also going to talk about the 1970 Mustang Mach One if we have time, but that'll be a little bit later on. 
All right, give us a buzz now. One of our good listeners had a question about the CSVT. CSVT.com has all the uh, maps and charts and alternatives and things they went through and where the sound barriers are going to go. They're really making an effort to do more sound barrierization, and so that's part of the conversation. And uh, let's see, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot got ousted, so that's kind of a People of Chicago history. do have some brains. All right, so they picked uh, two other individuals to uh, have a further runoff there. And uh, student loan forgiveness, a perennial topic around here. Supreme Court yesterday, by all accounts, uh, seemed to be very close to just <laughs> saying no outright during testimony yesterday. But, of course, they're going to study it further. Uh, but it doesn't look like the president has the ability or power to declare that a pandemic years ago is a sufficient reason to forgive so much student loan debt of individuals. Uh, of course, we've had some pretty vibrant topic uh, conversations on that. So give us a buzz. Uh, Five seven zero seven four three nine five six five. You can email us and on the mark at wkok.com and text us at seven zero two three six. Include the keyword OTM. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake. A service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Brother. Yes, if you don't mind. So arrogant. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it's really arrogant to say I'm a broadcaster. Right? <laughs> oh, yes, my name is Today's James. Today's world is narrowcasting. James, and I'm a narrowcaster. Yes. Bully for you, old man. Student loan forgiveness. Go ahead and read that. Yeah, Ron says, good morning, gentlemen. I have a teenager in college right now, and both her and my wife and I absolutely plan on paying back the school loans that we took out. I don't think they should be forgiven, but I do understand that higher education has become too expensive for what you get. Maybe instead of forgiving the loans, maybe they could change them to no-interest loans. That way, the students and the parents understand they must pay back what they borrowed, but then they're also not getting hammered with interest for these years years and years or for years and years to come. I also agree with the statement that there should be some incentive grants out there for people that are going into the teaching profession since we have such a shortage here in the state. Something on the line of uh, we will cover X amount of your education if you give our school district five years minimum of service after graduation. Something like that I believe is doable and maybe the right thing to do. Thanks for your time. And Ron's got an excellent point. Yeah, somebody check that for us. I believe there are incentives for teachers. I know there are for, I believe, police and some other well, community service workers. Incentives involving the reduction of their student loan. Right, the length okay. of time and the payment and the interest and that sort of thing. And In that's Pennsylvania what, or nation, nationwide? Nationwide. And that's what the uh, government lost track of. You'll remember they had like six different meltdowns and six different vendors down there trying to do the student loan thing. I believe that teaching may be one of them. I'm not sure. Okay. Stan, you are on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Always good to hear from you. Good morning. 
it's a great day for the people of Chicago. They finally wised up and got rid of the Beetlejuice. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Beetlejuice. You're the second person to say that. What is that what she really looks like or something? I've heard her called oh, the, br- yeah, the bride yeah. of Beetlejuice. The, the bride of Beetlejuice. <laughs> I have seen her. Yeah, she looks a, a little unique, but hey. Have you watched Beetlejuice? <laughs> yep. I didn't put the two and two pretty, together. I'll, I'll, take your, I'll take your word for it. It's all good. <laughs> Anyways, but the problem is they just selected, they're probably going to, well, I know they're going to elect another Democrat, so we'll have to wait and see how things play out as far as whether they save the city of Chicago. I mean, that, that's yet to be determined because there no, there's no Republicans in a race out there, I'm assuming. And if there is, you didn't hear anything about them. <laughs> right. Uh, I'm just, I'm just saying. So it's a, a Democrat-controlled city in a Democrat-controlled state. So we'll have to wait and see how it all plays out. But as of right now, they made a wise decision because she was doing nothing but hurting Chicago. Well, she made some interesting claims during the campaign, and even her concession speech last night was, I think, delusional talked about wow. how she had lowered crime. Well, she hasn't lowered crime. Well, lately, there was a peak earlier this year, and now it's down. It's like President Biden saying inflation is down. Well, yeah, that's true. It was 13%. Now it's only 12 Now, come on. That's not <laughs> yeah. a lowering of inflation. Yeah, no, there, it's there, not. There was only dead, 10 dead people last weekend, but this weekend we only had 9 So yeah, Exactly. Right? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's so. her boast. But I think the real key here is going to be the fellow who won, uh, who, who led in the primary last night and one of the two candidates who will face off uh, is a white guy who was ahead who's been endorsed by the police union and the second follower or the second highest vote getter is a black guy who has the endorsement of the teachers union so it's going to be very interesting to see which union has the most power in terms of getting people out but uh, I think I forget the guy's name I think it's Veach or something like that who's the um, Vallis Vallis yeah Vallis who was the front runner he says he wants to fire the entire police hire administration hmm. and replace place them and then hire hundreds of new cops. So, I mean, that's certainly and yes, the fellow who's got the endorsement of the teachers union at one time had called for defunding the police. So this is going to be a very interesting runoff election. Yeah, anybody with a stripe he wants to get rid of in the police department. Now, I'm going to, I'm going to ask a question because I don't know how Chicago, Chicago politics work, except it's probably pretty corrupt. Okay, they're going to have a runoff between two Democrats and I'm assuming, I could be wrong, that there's no Republican to face off in a November election. So what happens at that point? Do they boot Lightfoot <laughs> out and, and put the new guy in, or do they wait till November and redo it again? Well, I know she stays in uh, a little bit longer because she said in one of her remarks today, or maybe it was a news release, she said she has like two or three more things to do before she's Uh-oh. done. <laughs> yeah, they may not be good. She didn't specifically say. I'll, I'll look at this. AP talked about that. I'll look that up. Stand by, Stan. We're going to talk to you in six minutes, so hold on. Well, no, i got to go. You have a great day. All Thank right. You. We'll see you, buddy. Thank you. Yeah, th- I think this is interesting. What's going on in Chicago? Crime is way up. And what's interesting is Lori Lightfoot blamed racism for her defeat. All right. You're listening to WKOK Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Welcome back on board On the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence, Joe McGranahan sitting across from me. And I'm going to have these headlines for you in just a minute. (laughs) No, no. Democrats bad. 
Republicans good. Thank you, Mark. Oh, did I get it wrong? Yes, you did. <laughs> but that's okay. Oh, no, I was speaking for you. Oh, were you? Okay. Well, I was speaking for you, but I didn't throw politics into it. <laughs> but give me a minute and you I You had will. other insults, <laughs> Candy. Right. You didn't even need the political ones. Well, you had I the mean, I owe one. you. You call me an idiot. I, I think I, I owe did you not. Some. Yes, you did. I didn't call you an idiot. Yes, you did. With the start of the program. I Go called you a moron. Oh, well, what's the difference? <laughs> Well, I think on the hierarchy of mental yes. health disparaging names from the past, moron is down at the bottom. Idiot's like way high. I can remember I had a psychology, te- an introduction to psychology textbook in college, and it had pictures of an idiot, a moron, and an imbecile. You know, is as this if a the, joke? As if, no, I'm not kidding you. I wish I had saved the book. A Republican, a Democrat, and a, <laughs> and a rabbi walk into a bar. Yeah, there right? you go. Thank you. <laughs> and then the next, the next joke here is, okay, an imbecile. Right. <laughs> a moron. And, and an idiot. <laughs> walk in, and they say, it's time for the sales meeting here at WKOK. Oh, no, that's oh, rude. Brother. Oh, boy, now I'm in trouble. You, you should be. That's <laughs> awful. <laughs> all right. It's all right to insult me, but don't insult the sales staff. You <laughs> yeah. eat because yeah, of that. Yeah, cut off know? the limb that you're sitting on. <laughs> that's right. All right. Well, welcome on board, everybody. It is the WK. Oh, there's Scott Richards at the window <laughs> shaking his head. No, our sales manager. All right. Welcome on board, everybody. It's the WKOK Live Telephone talk show on the mark i'm mark lawrence you are welcome to call us now we've talked about the chicago mayor earlier today and um we can't seem to define if there's any republican in the race uh one of our listeners tried to send us a picture of the mayor whether it, it looks like uh beetlejuice. <laughs> yeah beetlejuice or not whether she looks like <laughs> beetlejuice or not we couldn't get that tweet to open so uh, but in any event joe says he's seen it so i'll i'll I'll, I'll be satisfied that uh, that's there's a good comparison there. Um, we also talked about the student loan uh, situation a little bit, and uh, we are definitely looking for the U.S. Supreme Court to probably say no to President Biden's kind of an overreach, is what they're saying. Oh my God! Oh well, that's pretty. <laughs> Does she? But see that the picture of hers ad, has some makeup added, right? Or is that um, how she looks all the time? That well, that she looked like that at one point. Here's the pic, the the picture between the two of them. I think. Oh, you lost it. No, okay. there it is. Joe lost it. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> I see. Okay. Well, yeah, that's pretty. The, the, the similarity is striking. So. Yes, it is. All right. So I guess she tried to do maybe something good in Chicago, but it didn't work out. I would imagine that uh, with the pandemic and uh, crime spike and uh, Chicago's already a my observation from having been there 20 years ago is it's already pretty divided. I mean, the blacks stay in one area and the Hispanics stay in another and the whites stay in another. And so it's, uh, you know, race may be a factor there. So, but in any event, uh, yeah, so we talked about that a little bit. Uh, A couple of words about the CSVT, the new traffic light going in at the site of the former Camelback Bridge. It's too bad we couldn't have the old Camelback Bridge plus the traffic light. That would be funny. You go flying up over the bridge and there's a red light there. So that would be exciting. All right. Welcome on board, everybody. We'd like to hear from you now on the mark sponsor by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. Call us now, 570-743-9565. That's 570-743-9565. You can email us at onthemark at wkok.com. And you can text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. And you can send us a message in that manner if you so choose. Here are the news headlines. Uh, she is a former Valley 
State Representative Linda Schlegel-Culver, and she is now a state senator in Harrisburg. She was sworn in Tuesday during the special state Senate session. Northumberland County Judge, President Judge Paige Rosini is the first voice you'll hear. I, Linda Schlegel-Culver. I, Linda Schlegel-Culver. Will support, obey, and defend. Will support, obey, and defend. The Constitution of this Commonwealth. The Constitution of this Commonwealth. Congratulations, Senator. Thank you. Culver won a special election January 31st to replace former state senator John Gordner. One of her top priorities, making kidney donation easier. She received a donated kidney two years ago, and she says that'll be a good priority for her. She also emphasized in a brief chat with us that the 108th legislative district offices are 100% wide open. Uh, we have the district office locations and the hours posted at WKOK.com. So they're going to still try to super serve people around here as they have been for years. Cole Township is asking the state Supreme Court to review a lower court's order that favored Northumberland County getting a refund on the excessive permit fees charged by Cole Township. News item reporting today that Cole Township's attorney is asking the state Supreme Court to review whether or not Commonwealth Court made a mistake when it agreed with a senior judge's decision that the township $250,000 permit fee for the building of the Northumberland County Prison was too high. So far, no response from the state Supreme Court. The Mount Carmel Township Fire Chief and his family are homeless after a two-alarm fire destroyed their Atlas home Tuesday morning. News item reporting that fire on East Sailor Street destroyed the home of Chief Mike Minnick and his family. That fire was initially reported as a working dryer fire, but spread to the rest of the home. A bit of history yesterday as Joanna McClinton took over as the Speaker of the State House. McClinton says she's grateful for those who came before her and made this opportunity possible. From our great speaker, Kay Leroy Irvis, to the first black woman ever elected to House leadership, Rosita C. Youngblood, there has been great sacrifice for these types of opportunities to arrive. And I am wise enough to understand it's only on their shoulders that I'm standing here today. McClinton, who was the first woman elected House Democratic leader two years ago, says she's now ready to be speaker. I am prepared to do the work off the floor so we have a very productive time when we are on the floor. With Kim Ward as Senate President Pro Tem, Pennsylvania for the first time in state history has two women leading the legislature. Mark Sims, News Radio 1070 WKOK. Get ready to sweat buckets. CBS reporting that scientists at Columbia University predicting another record-breaking hot summer. It could bring another year of extreme rainfall in some parts of the country as well and persistent drought in others. The study went on as far as to warn hospital emergency rooms of an influx of heat stroke patients. And if you're thinking about escaping to Europe, they're predicting the same over there or worse for them. So another warm summer on the way. And uh, let's see. It is World Compliment Day. Make a loved one, a co-worker, even a complete stranger feel like a million bucks. Pay them a sincere compliment. Okay. <laughs> okay. Joe, you I are I give marvelous. you a sincere compliment. You are... You are strikingly handsome. Oh, that... Okay. The fact that I'm contractually obligated uh, to say that, and it month. is March, so... <laughs> but it is a compliment. And Joe, you are the smartest person in the room. Well, that's not saying a lot. Well, okay. <laughs> I'm doing my best here. <laughs> I think you're being picky. I guess I am. All right. <laughs> okay. 
But All you know right. what's interesting in the Chicago mayor's race is that crime, you know, they everybody in these woke democratic cities was talking about defunding the police. You know, we got to cut back. We have to reimagine public safety. I don't know how you reimagine public safety, but mm-hmm. they're talking about that. Then they see the results of that, which is the city gets basically out of control. Then the murder rate is up a horrendous amount. Armed robberies, violent crimes of all types are up mm-hmm. in Chicago. So what do you what do you attribute that to? The fact that people it's a revolving door with respect to bail. Somebody commits a crime, they get no bail, they get released almost immediately. They're out on the street again before the cops can finish the paperwork. And I think the citizens are per- finally yeah. are realizing that their quality of life has gone downhill under this type of, of, of administration. Well, I think it probably would have been hard to be a mayor in any city anywhere during the pandemic, any big city where you have all kinds of issues, you know, where you do have racial tensions, you might have poverty issues, you might have uh, drug issues, uh, and crime spiked really nationwide. Um, and I think it's probably pretty a pretty complex issue. You know, it probably isn't just uh, people saying they want to defund this, the police. This Mayor Lightfoot said she wanted to defund the police, but no changes were made in police funding because nobody would let her do it. So uh, that didn't actually, you know, defunding the police was a conversation. But maybe it's like oil prices. There, You know, opinion is a factor. In, no, but the in mayor has like a that. great deal of control over the police department in any municipality that right. has maybe a police department and things. a mayor. You know, so she could, she, maybe she couldn't cut the funding, but she could make it harder for them. She could allocate resources in a manner that's consistent with what she believes should be done. And, and still, like, look at New York, the difference between the way they used to be. I think it was Commissioner Bratton who started the policy of, uh, you know, minor crimes. Somebody throws a rock at a window, you arrest them. The broken the, window the policy. The broken window policy, right. In fact, if, the fact that if we focus you arrest on the small them and you crimes, fix the window, too. If we, if, we, if we arrest them for the small crime, the big crimes won't happen. Right, and the uh, part of the broken window policy was to fix the window so the neighborhood doesn't look like right. it's been a victim of crime and doesn't uh, sort of attract more crime. Well, and I think, you know, Rudy Giuliani, before he had his psychotic break, uh, had the city <laughs> calm down in terms of crime. What was he doing? You know, additional police officers were a big part of it. Now, it was post-9-11, so additional police officers may have been justifiable in terms of, you know, doing what you can to keep an eye out for trouble and uh, and so that was a factor. But the, even before he left office, crime started to creep back up again. So a psychotic break. <laughs> well, what would you say happened to him? I would say before the hair dye started melting down his face. <laughs> would you say that this? I is would a, say the same thing I, about him. I say about Joe Biden that he has slowed down a step mentally. Well, but it, uh, <laughs> somehow I think Rudy Giuliani, who's even identified as Fox by Fox News as a liar, would be somebody well, that's suffered a little more. Well, it had nothing to do with truthfulness. It has to do with their mental capacity and how they react to things. Well, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, okay. But let's just get back to crime in Chicago. All right. I, I, Lawrence's worthless view is that it must be tremendously difficult to police there and that the issues are complex. Well, what would be different about that in New York City or Los Angeles or any other major city? Well, and maybe, as you say, maybe more cops is the answer. A cop on every corner. Certainly the city of New York covered the city with cameras and police. Uh, My lovely bride and I only visited New York a few times, but the president...
presence of cameras and cops was ubiquitous. It was everywhere. And so you really had a sense that uh, they were doing what they can to look out for crime and, and vagrancy and things, uh, you know, maybe drug trafficking that was on the streets. Now, this is where the sort of the casual tourists go. So, you know, we weren't into the, uh, you know, sort of the back alleys or in other well, parts the of the city. Forget the major cities. Look, look about 52 miles to the south, our state capital, Harrisburg. There are people shot. There were people shot on Lo- Second and Locust Street. My, that's the heart of the downtown. You know, I can remember spending many, many days at Second and Locust Street as when I was a kid. You know, nobody ever got shot there. But now people are shooting people in broad daylight. You mean, what there, are solutions for our cities? More police? I don't know about more police, but I think allocating them a little differently might work. The uh, I'm trying to think of the name of that street unit that they took away from um, where they, they killed that black man. I'm sorry, oh, I'm, I'm cougar drawing strike. a blank on that. Strong but leopard, the le- is a cat, cat, cat uh, <laughs> panthers, something like that. <laughs> something like that. The idea of a, a street intervention police unit is a good idea, but if they go rogue and start killing people, then that's not such a good idea. You know, I think well, police yeah. need additional training. I right. think they there need to go. they need to focus on, on issues that involve the quality of life of the community. If the police are guardians of the quality of life of the community, and by that I mean arresting people who commit crimes, sending them to jail, the court system doesn't let them out with a slap on the wrist or turn them loose with no bail immediately. You know, we always say that there are consequences for your actions, but we're in a society now where nobody wants any consequences for what they do. They just want to be given a pat on the back and a participation medal. And up to now, our cities seem to have a sort of synchronization where uh, crime was kept relatively in check. You know, police, there may have been some corruption in some place, but certainly most of the police seem to be doing their their jobs uh, pretty well. Drug, w- drug issues and drug trafficking and or poverty wasn't overwhelming any city and small crimes weren't out of control. But, we, and, and, but still, we had people packed in right on top of each other. You know, I always think the density is a factor when you get, you know, 912,000 people in the same room. You know, something it goes wrong. But um, we still have the same density in our cities, although some are starting to clear out. Well, then I think you need to but, go but back to history. Let me finish okay. the sentence. We still have the same density, but the it, the problems have doubled and redoubled. Okay. Well, you want to look at density. Go back to the early days of the 20th century, where the tenements were teeming with people, immigrants. You know, mm-hmm. was there more crime then than there is now. Yeah, without air conditioning. And of course, the police back in those days could break your head with a baton and nobody would suffer anything. I mean, they. How many old movies do you see where the police, somebody runs from a cop, they pull their gun and start shooting at them? That doesn't yeah, happen shoot today. Shoot in the back. Right. All right, folks. So, well, with Lori Lightfoot is the reason we're talking about this. I do not know the reason. Joe says it's very simple. If you have a Democrat in charge of a city, you have more crime. I personally think it's probably more complex with that, but what's your view on this topic. We'd love to hear from you. What could I didn't say a Democrat. I said a liberal, I thought. Maybe I misspoke. Woke woke, Democrats, yeah. Woke liberals or something to that effect. Yeah, either way. It's a certain type of uh, response from Republicans. I know many good conservative Democrats and good moderate Democrats. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, preferably since it's 
compliment day. Mark Lawrence included. Is a, thank you. Okay, I'll take. I'll take it where I can which, get it. Which one are you? <laughs> a moderate Democrat. I'll take it. All right, five seven zero seven four three nine five six five. You can email us at on the market Text us at seven zero two three six. There are a few Republican cities around the U.S. New York was one of them. What about that? Is that uh, the the key to having a safe city? Give us a buzz five seven zero seven four three nine five six five. Mm. When car repairs get difficult... Well, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections? Quick Lane, 630 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 6 30 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the mm. Mm. out of auto repair. Lynn Hall. Thank you. Lynn Hall, our fabulous producer, taking great care of us over in the next room. We very much appreciate that. You know what's interesting? Of the top uh, 100 cities in the country, 62 are ruled by Democratic mayors. Okay. And to get to a Republican-led mayor, you have to go down to number, a Republican-led city, you have to go down to number 12 uh, on the list, which is Jacksonville, Florida, where they have um, a Republican mayor. And then the 13th is uh, Fort Worth, Texas, which also has a Republican mayor. But above yeah. that, they're all Democrats. And I looked at the crime rate in Jacksonville, Florida, and it is uh, safer than 8% of U.S. cities. And this, the Eight percent that it's not safer than are the ones above it. <laughs> mm, okay. Well, so, uh, so what's the difference? You know, what are they doing differently? I would love to explore that and talk about that. I, I certainly am capable of oversimplifying myself, but to say, well, it's Democrats control the cities. That's why there's high crime. Uh, you know, we have a tremendous spike in crime. Uh, crime rates were going down, but now we have a big spike in crime, and uh, I believe it appears to have peaked in some cities, but it's still high. So we're, we're still not done there. But I, I just I, I just want to, maybe because I'm a Democrat, I want to ward away from just saying, well, it's because they have Democratic policies. They want to defund the, defund the police I or whatever. I think a lot of it has to do with, the, with how the mayor supports the police department. How specifically? Like what happens? Well, and what... With what, more where police or more where training he or, or whatever. he or she allocates resources, what kind of things they approve, and, you know, what kind of things the mayor fights for in the budget to get them. Uh, you know, what co- what quality of policing you have in the community. Forget the numbers. Let's talk about the quality of policing. Mm-hmm. And if, a, if the police department is well-funded, well-supported, you know, and channeled to do the things that are important to maintaining the quality of life in the community, I think you're going to have a better community. 
And, you know, it can't just be saying, oh, we have a drug problem here at the local hotel or we have a drug problem over here. The question is, what are we doing to make the quality of life better? If people believe the traffic is a big problem and that people are speeding on the main highway and the police are ignoring that in favor of other things, then they've contributed to people not feeling safe and not enjoying the quality of life they want to enjoy. So, I mean, just by simply directing where the resources are allocated, the mayor can have a tremendous impact on the quality of life in the community. And that, in turn... I think reflects in the crime rate. All right, one eight hundred seven nine five nine five. You buy it? Uh, um, <laughs> I, well, I I think so. It's all interconnected. But you know, I think if you were the mayor in Chicago, you would find it very difficult to implement these changes because you have very limited funds. Well, it's not just that. It's the hidebound reactionary people who don't want anything changed. There's a very interesting show on TV uh, with one of my favorite TV actors, Jimmy Smith. It's called East New York. It's on Sunday nights. Mm-hmm. And they had a debate in this show last week about foot posts again. The, um, the head of this one precinct that the show's about wanted to institute single officer foot posts in the community to help cut down on crime and kids getting, getting so mugged on their way to school. So where police gathered on the corner? No, no. Well, just assigning a cop to a specific neighborhood mm-hmm. so okay. that the people came to know them. Oh, they one were particular there. Officer. They were there, right. They were there during the day. They got to know the people. They could help the, carry groceries <laughs> if that was necessary. It. And of course, the police union was very much opposed to that. The politicians were opposed to it. You know, they were mm-hmm. looking for ways. It was a fascinating story about how politics intersects with policing. And it's a it's a very good program. All right. 570-743-9565 is our telephone number. We're talking, to, I guess we're just talking about urban crime. We kind of get back to that. We mentioned Lori Lightfoot, but uh, the mayor of Chicago lost her runoff election yesterday, leading to another runoff election. So uh, the two uh, fellows, Johnson and uh, Vallis, will face off now. Right. What's your view on this topic? Uh, 570-743-9565. You can email us at onthemark at wkok.com. And you can text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. Mike from Northumberland, thanks for calling in. You're on the mark. Yes, good morning. Uh, I think they, they need to reinstitute stop and frisk. Now, uh, that's a big controversial deal. That was uh, Giuliani, I believe, the stop and frisk advocate. And I think that's how he uh, brought New York uh, back to some degree. Well, that was a um, factor, sure. This this presence that if you were walking down the street and you looked suspicious in any way, you know, anything at all, big bulge in the pocket where a handgun could go or, you know, I don't know, something else, with, you know, their telltale signs, they could stop and check you out. Right. But the problem was that uh, some of our overzealous uh, police forces uh, got carried away. Uh, I think what Joe said about uh, training for police officers um, needs to be uh, uh, brought up to the uh, 21st century, and uh, and hopefully uh, we can get the cities back like Philadelphia, which, uh, where they can maybe institute a uh, uh, going back and, and 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 pulling people over. Right now uh, in Philadelphia, uh, they don't pull anybody over for anything because, and uh, probably in a number of cities. Uh, because uh, they're afraid of the uh, going right on to the uh, news media right away, and and that uh, if you do anything, that uh, you'll get uh, hung out to dry. Uh, as far as uh, the uh, prosecutors uh, in Philadelphia, like in Philadelphia, uh, they're they're not going to prosecute anything but uh, 
but murders, and, and they're not really doing a very good job at that. Well, incidentally, in Philadelphia, the crime rate is 8.11 per 1,000 residents. For the state as a whole, which would include Philadelphia, it's 3.38. So you're much in much more of a dangerous situation in Philadelphia than you are in the rest of the state of Pennsylvania. Right, and that's per capita. So right. that's just... Or per 1,000 people. Yeah, adjusted for the fact that the city's got a gazillion people. Hey, I wasn't, I wasn't watching um, that... Uh, DA down there. Did that uh, all go away? When Larry Krasner. Uh, no, he's yeah. still down there thriving. The uh, Yeah, the impeachment went away. But, right. Uh, well, yeah, it went, when go Shapiro away. got in, the impeachment went away? Is that no, right? it no. went away because Commonwealth Court said they didn't have standing to look at, s- to just judge whether a s- one particular city was uh, looking at their, uh, their crime in the right way because he hadn't done anything remarkably illegal. Well, yeah, he, he, he isn't doing anything. Well, but violate, believe it or not, violating your oath in general isn't a felony. It's certainly, a, you know, a betrayal to your uh, whomever had issued the oath and your voters and your people. But they voted him back in while he was already doing this, so you could even argue it's not even a betrayal of the voters. But in any event, yeah, yeah not certainly right. not an ideal DA. Yeah, well, it's not a surprise how some people will vote by people back in uh, look at the... Uh, D.C. voted Marion Barry back in uh, back in the day there. Oh, There's yeah. a number of uh, corrupt politicians who oh, get voted back in. Look at Joe McGranahan. He's been mayor over and over. Oh, my God. 13 years. Yeah. I haven't been there that long. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, guys. thank you, Mike. Care, yep, Mike. great call. Much appreciated. Uh, 570-743-9565. Trying to take an objective look at uh, the, c- the city police issues and crime and, and maybe drugs, too, and policing. I know when we were talking about the Scorpion unit, that was uh, the Tyree uh, Nichols the death. Yeah, unit, okay. so um, that that particular unit had days of training, not weeks of training or months of training. Or as some European company, countries say, that if you're going to be part of these special units, you have years of training. So um, they certainly didn't have that level of training, and as you can tell, they acted as sort of a collective. What a gang, I want to call it, not like a traditional gang, but once they all started doing the same thing, they all kept on doing the same thing. So in any event, um, yeah, policing would certainly have to be a factor. But at the same time, you know, what else? If, if, if people say we want you to defund police so that you're spending more time on social service or neighborhood policing, they did that for a time in Williamsport under Mayor Capelli where they t- did uh, neighborhood policing where the officers were on bikes or on foots and they had stations in the community. Uh, in one of the uh, toughest drug neighborhoods, they had a community police station there. And it may have helped. A lot of folks said it just kind of pushed things behind closed doors, that the the drug trafficking was already it was still happening. But even if you all you do just is make it more, outside. even if all you do is make it more difficult for them to do it, mm-hmm. isn't that a contributing factor? Well, that's what Rudy Giuliani said 20 years ago in New York City. It was that just the fact that this omnipresence was there that if you looked suspicious and you knew you're going to get and you had like two satchels full of money walking down the street that you were going to get stopped repeatedly. 
And so they, it had to be really hidden much Well, on the surface, stop and carefully. frisk, you know, I, I, we can debate stop and frisk whether that was a good policy or not, but on the surface, it does seem like a violation of people's civil rights. In other words, you have to have some probable cause to stop somebody. Um, and if you do stop them with probable cause, then I think you have every right to frisk them. But many times they were drumming up the probable cause or lying about it. All right, and that was in New York City. But could that type of a policy exist? You know, I, a lot of people don't trust police, and they say an army of police isn't the issue, that it's a societal issue, it's drug use isn't a police issue, or poverty's not a police issue, or, uh, you know, this deteriorating neighborhoods isn't a police issue, so throwing police at them is not going to solve the problem. So you want to reimagine public safety? <laughs> well, I, I guess I would like to know what they mean by that. I'm not sure I'd want to do it, but, you know, what do you mean? You know, is uh, one of the things that uh, in Philadelphia, now this was back in the 80s when I would visit Philadelphia from time to time, the codes office and police were not one and the same, but they worked extremely closely together, you know, to clean up neighborhoods and to make sure that the broken windows got fixed and things like that. That, that surely has to have been abandoned by now uh, but they were working together and so you know law and or code enforcement became part of the public safety measures okay. that were underway but that at the same time they were not letting people uh, turning people into a revolving door when they committed a crime there actually was bail that was substantial and it guaranteed that they're in effect their good behavior or at least they're not getting into other crimes while they're waiting to be charged or tried for the one they did commit or were charged with committing I think that we we need to, and I agree, bail shouldn't be a punishment. It should fit the crime. In other words, you can't take somebody mm-hmm. who stole a ham sandwich and give them $100,000 bail. But on the other hand, somebody who risked a catastrophe, you know, <laughs> then those you those people you give a substantial bail or someone who's harmed someone else. And you give them the bail, but also it must be posted, not just, ca- uh, you know, percentage bail or something like that, that they have to post it. Well, uh, when you hear cash bail, that factor. means they've got to put up the cash, right? Right. But it's usually only 10%. It's you know it's not. No, I thought cash bail meant you had to put the whole amount. Okay. Well, regardless, let's let's talk about this, folks. Five seven zero seven. Cost Lori Latefoot her job. (laughs) It did it. The cash bail dilemma plus other topics. All right, five seven zero seven four three nine five six five. Well, she also had lockdowns in Chicago, and lots of people, Democrats and Republicans, pushed back against that. Five seven zero seven four three nine five six five. You can email us at on the mark at wkok.com and text us at 70236 with the keyword OTM. Mm-hmm. When car repairs get difficult... Well, I, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections? Quick Lane, 630 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 6 30 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the Mm. out of auto repair. 
Welcome back. We are talking about policing and what can be done. Lori Lightfoot didn't have the solution in Chicago. Uh, what's your view on what would help our cities or our policing? We'll do this in another couple minutes. Right. 570-743-9565. You can email us at onthemark at wkok.com and text us at 70236. One of our texters says, Joe, you're worried about people's civil rights with stop and frisk, but not red flag laws. Doesn't compute. Oh, contrary, it doesn't indeed compute. <laughs> stop and frisk laws involve people walking down the street being stopped by police officers for what may be insufficient cause. Red flag laws require you to only come into force if someone has demonstrated some inability to have a firearm, some some reason for society to say we don't want you to have one. And there is some initial due process associated right. with it. It's not just... There's no say, due oh. process with stop and frisk. The <laughs> cop stops you, he frisks you. It's discretion. So, <laughs> right. But, uh, and red flag laws are, should be debated. You know, our good listener probably doesn't favor red flag laws, and, and maybe that's the good solution, and maybe that's the good opinion to make sure that we don't have them. But do they help? You know, where, let's, you know, we should study them, see if they help where they're helping and don't help where they're not, and what's the difference? And are rights being trampled? They have been upheld by the U.S. Supreme Court. Red flags have been tested. So, uh, but you know that doesn't necessarily mean they are actually truly constitutional. It just means some courts said they were okay. DUI checkpoints have been found to be constitutional, and I think they're unconstitutional. What's the standard? What's the standard? What do you look for when you when you're trying to create something? Best practices. Right. What are the best practices? What cities have had the most success in what areas? Maybe not every city has succeeded in every aspect, but let's say there's one city that's really really achieved a great deal of good results problem. over drugs. Another city that maybe that's had a great deal Crime. of luck with Theft. well, I'm talking about with uh, quality of life issues. You know, where people view the city as being safe and they're happy and they're content. You know, we need to have a national commission or some group like that that looks into these things and tries to determine what best practices are, and then we try to implement them as best we can. I don't think you need to reinvent the wheel here. There must be some places that are succeeding. Well, yeah, and I and think if there aren't, then we really need to go over the whole thing. And are again. there places where things aren't so segregated? Again, I haven't been to Chicago in 20 years, but my observation was, you know, as we took a cab ride together through some neighborhoods, you know, as we got to another section, like, uh, say, 64th Street, uh, the cab driver, you know, said, this is a black neighborhood, you know, and then as you drove still further and further and further, next thing you know, this is a Puerto Rican neighborhood, you know, and then further and further, and, you, and where we had started out was a white neighborhood. So you, ha- you have these lines. It, I know it's human nature to divide ourselves up like that. But is, is is that exacerbating the problem? Is that making it, you know, do we, what happens in this ideal city, this best practice city, this Jotopia city? If we reunite people with the language we speak as the first starting point, let's all speak English. Let's make it easy for people to learn the language that this country runs on. Mm-hmm. Instead of going to Lowe's and having to read signs in Spanish and English, I go to Lowe's and I read the English sign it's because we all speak English. to see a sp- well, sign Well, no, in but Spanish. I think it's a comment that we are focused on things that divide divide us, rather than things that unite us. A common language has always been what unites a people. We can't communicate with each other if we can't understand each other, right? I know somebody, every time they dial the phone or or go to an encounter or look at a machine and it has multiple languages, they say, 
what country do you think this is? Right. <laughs> to whomever's <laughs> saying it. You know, it says dial one for English, and they always repeat into yeah. the phone. Marquitos por español. Okay, I don't <laughs> want to marquitos por español in <laughs> the United States. They always say out loud. He unless, always says, what country do you think this is? Unless we're going to make Spanish our national language. If that's the case. Oh, then we're good. Then, we, then we're all right. But, I mean, I think if, if I came here, I would want to assimilate into the language of the country. On a but light. let's face it, I'm going back to my basic premise. We need things that unite us, make it easy for us to communicate with one another, make it easy for us to understand what each of us are dealing with, and then well, work then on solving problems together. Does it start from the top down? If you love political division, you're going to love 2024, because if it's Biden and Trump again, you know, they have the country really split right down well, the middle. I think both of them have done their utmost best to divide the country. Oh. I because agree. I think uh, I'd agree it's it's to I their agree. political advantage I agree. to start throwing bombs at specific targets that, you know, don't bring us together. Yeah, certainly President Trump is the most caustic at it and the most uh, vitriolic, but President Biden does the same thing, only so much more eloquently well, to Biden's make sure deceptive. that deceptive. He says the right things, but he doesn't <laughs> do the right well, things. Well, that that's another topic. <laughs> All right, and on a comedic note before we change topics here. Well, yeah, then one of, our, one of our other East New York viewers says... In that episode of East New York, the one officer says to his younger partner that it would be nice to bring back Mike the Cop-type police officers like the character from Abbott and Costello. The younger partner had no idea of that, of what that is, of course. Remember him? Mike the Cop. I must admit, I don't remember Mike the Cop from Abbott and Costello either. So Was he comedic or ultra nice? Probably comedic. Abbott and Costello weren't okay. serious commentators on social justice. And uh, an hour and ten minutes ago, one of our listeners says that they called me an idiot, which is at the lowest end of the scale. I did not. I called you a moron. <laughs> oh, a moron. Well, that's a high functioning. Okay. Right. That's, well. They, uh, our listener says the average IQ score is 100. Morons score between 50 and 75. Imbeciles, 25 to 50. And idiots, below 25. Okay? On an IQ I, test. On an IQ test. Right. That one we used to, you know, have different labels for individuals with significant uh, intellectual disabilities. Moron was 50 to 75. <laughs> <laughs> I called you one. I probably am one. Well, at 50 to 75, I would be on the upper end of the scale of people who are not too with it. One of our listeners just sent me a text. Says, you nailed it. That I'm an idiot. No, that I'm a moron. <laughs> when I said I'm a moron, you nailed it. It's amazing. They're waiting to text these messages to me. And these are my friends. Okay, so. You're lucky you don't have any enemies. All right. Well, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we have a clipping from the AP about uh, changing some street signs in an Arizona city. Trouble is, some of the individuals were members of the KKK. So do I know we don't want to erase history, history when it comes to Robert E. Lee or things that relate to the Civil War or sort of the antebellum, pre-antebellum South, but do we want to, uh, Is if the, we know that the person whose street sign is up there is a KKK person, do we want to change that? So we'll talk about that when we come back. We invite you to join us with the topic of your selection, uh, 570-743-9565. That's 570-743-WKOK. You can email us at onthemark at wkok.com, and you can text us at 70236, include the Keyword OTM. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing and can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. 
That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could shop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. All right, let's get to the phone lines. Our last callers of the morning are all lined up. Chris from Milton, you get to Trey Minutes. Trey, go right ahead. Trey Minutes. Uh, well, <clears throat> I guess I have to hurry a bit then. On yesterday's show, you mentioned a couple things that i was been sort of meaning to mention over the uh, period of time. Uh, the fact that uh, the, it's silly thinking that uh, Democrats are trying to let uh, Mexicans in or South Americans in, so they will vote Democratic. Yeah, right. Which they don't. They have to become citizens first, and they have to have children who grow to the age of of twenty of eighteen first. It's a long term strategy. Well, bear in mind yeah, that there are many. There are some right. of these cities and that are allowing uh, you know, local participation and voting from people who are yeah, undocumented. Yeah, but that's, that's all, those areas are already heavily Democratic and they're in control anyway, for the most part, right? Well, true. That's, I won't argue yes, that okay. point. Okay, there you go. Uh, and then the other thing was that uh, there's a racism in that argument of is that. Is it uh, Puerto Ricans are uh, too dumb to vote in their own self-interest or into in the interest of uh, the don't have anything in common with the Republican Party? They're very family-oriented, which the Republicans always believe they're the only party that is, which isn't true, but that's what they spout. And they also are very religious, which Republicans spout a lot too. And uh, they uh, are uh, a small businessman to a, a large degree. So uh, there's things that all could could uh, support Republicans if Republicans would stop being so racist. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So there you go. Republicans okay, are racist. The other thing is that you mentioned the other day about McCarthy. Uh, Democrats were so upset at McCarthy for releasing the 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 tapes, the January 6th tapes to Fox News and Tucker Carlson. Right. Well, I think they have a pretty good reason to be upset at that, but we don't know how it's going to play out yet. It seems that giving it to uh, a favorite radio station, a favorite news station that McCarthy is actually trying to win to their side is uh, more a personal interest than McCarthy. Uh giving it to one one station with a point of view that uh, shows that, that right now is being investigated or being sued for how prejudiced they were and what lies they were spouting. And for them to use and not other stations seems really silly. And his whole motivation was that uh, his whole supposed motivation was he thought the re- people should oh, have okay. access to it. Okay. Well, we still don't have access to it. 
Chris, we got to move. We have two other callers pending. Okay. We've got to roll in. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thank you, sir. Yep. Thanks Appreciate for your call. Uh, Lance, next up. Go right ahead. Okay. Why, uh, I apologize for not calling earlier. I got company. Okay. So when you <laughs> were talking... <laughs> you're not obligated you to call, so thanks for doing it. <laughs> student loans. It always uh, seemed odd to me that those that couldn't afford a degree were expecting people that couldn't afford college to pay for it. Right. And that's kind of weird. Also, your uh, <laughs> commercial that you're having on is really woke. It's for prostate con- cancer uh, remedy, okay? Mm-hmm. And it says <laughs> uh, these side effects, if you happen to be pregnant or menstruating, uh-oh. The awful... Uh, yeah, this really got woke, didn't it? That's pretty <laughs> contemporary. Okay, we got you. Yeah, I thought it was, too. And uh, also about the uh, crime. was a uh, fellow I knew that grew up in Philadelphia during the 50s. And he said, things are really calm there. He said, the mafia ran everything. And... Uh, <laughs> It just was a really nice thing. Nobody came into their neighborhood. Cops were corrupt. Cops were on the take. Okay, I got you. You know, and uh, it was uh, seemed to me to be seemed to him to be just a whole lot calmer down there when that was going on. I mean, it sounds horrible, but that is really the truth. Now, when uh, we get. Democrats in the whole state, which I'm afraid is going to happen if we diminish the number of legislators we have. And we don't have these little districts out there. They're just going to merge us all into that big mob, and we're going to lose our representation, I'm sure. And just just think of the great schools we'll have, the uh, low crime. Wow. Not a hint of corruption, either. If the um, Dems take over, which I believe they're going to do. All right, we got you. All right, thank you so much, Lance. Thanks, Thanks for Lance, calling in. Appreciate your comments. Much appreciated. Sorry you, know. you got company and couldn't call earlier, but glad you called when you did. All right, Cindy, last caller of the morning. Good morning. You're on the mark. Good morning, gentlemen. Some of the comments today have had me reflecting on a speech that Barbara Jordan gave at the uh, Democratic National Convention in 1976. And she reflected on the division in our country. And she said, there is no executive order. There is no law that can require the American people to form a national community. This we must do as individuals. And if we do it as individuals, there is no president of the United States who can veto that decision. And our first step We must restore our belief in ourselves. And I just think that her comment is just so powerful. You know, Arch, we don't have to be played by these national organizations and these politicians. We don't have to indulge in this. We don't have to call in and call each other names. We don't, that's a choice that we make as individuals to behave that way. We don't have to spend our time labeling each other and then assigning behaviors and or attitudes to those labels and then putting each other down. We don't have to do that. We can opt out of that whole game that's gone on since 1976. It's time for us to see each other as individuals. You know, I don't, I don't belong to a major political party. I jump back and forth in the primary for the 
to support the person that I want to support in the election. I don't accept that label. I don't like the labels that people attempt to assign to me. Um, the other day, someone asked me if I was retired, and the fire came into my eyes. I don't know of any housewife that ever gets to retire. I mean, <clears throat> I think we have to move past all of these labels. we got to stop dividing ourselves and start uh, treating each other in a more um, sensitive and r- rational way. Joe, do you feel terrible now? No. <laughs> No, because it plays to the game to be, you know, the us's and the them. I see the signs people wear saying, be kind, and then they don't be kind, so. Well, that's problematic. You've got to live with your say. Yep. Thanks, Thanks, Cindy. Appreciate your call. Yeah, thank you. Food for thought. Much appreciated. Yeah, give that some deep thought, folks. Don't foment the division in our U.S. Until 9.30 tomorrow morning. Right. Then we'll be back with more division. (laughs) No, tomorrow we're looking for solutions only. This is WKOK Sunbury.